Welcome to the Tiger for Life podcast, where we'll hear stories from Washingtonians from their favorite food at Waltz or the CAF to their favorite Tiger Tunes shows and professors. We'll also find out what they've been up to outside the famed Washita bubble. I'm your host, John Merriman, Washita's Director of Alumni Relations. Today on the podcast, we'll hear from alumna Vanilla Nelson Hanna, counselor at Arkadelphia High School and Goza Middle School from the class of 1972 about education during the coronavirus pandemic, reflections on the peaceful protest in Arkadelphia following the death of George Floyd, and some of her favorite Washita memories like singing with Washita singers and listening to Cliff Harris and the Dallas Cowboys in the Student Union. All right, Vanilla Hannah, welcome to the Tiger for Life podcast. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here back home. <laughs> yes, yeah, so glad you're here. It's, you know, the times of COVID, we're both in the same town, but not in the same place right now. Yes, yes, yes. This is definitely a new thing for me. But, you know, having I'm having to do a lot of it through school. So I'm, I'm, I'm learning and I'm going to get there. Yeah, I am too. Learning how to podcast and tell people stories when we're all so spread apart. So right, thanks right. for doing this today. I appreciate it. I know that our listeners would love to hear some of your Washita story. Tell us how you heard about Washita and how you chose to come to Washita as a student. Okay. I, I, um, I actually, it goes back to 1966 when I was a student in Upward Bound. That was the first year they started Upward Bound program. Um, I, um, I was a student then, and uh, they had recruited people from all over Arkansas within 50-mile radius, I guess you would say. And um, my my counselor at, at high school then um, had recommended us to go to to um, to the program. Of course, you know, we, we had segregated schools back then, and um, we and our parents weren't as privy to some of the stuff that uh, some of the other, the white school had. I mean, we even had to buy our books for our last two years of school. We had to purchase our books because until then we, we had hand-me-down books from, from the white school in uh, Camden High. And, um, you know, we did the best we could with what we had. But we had excellent teachers who had been to, to some of the prestigious mainly black colleges back then, like UAPB, Grambling, some of the better schools, but, you know, they were the black colleges. So well, we went to um, Upward Bound, and um, they had, you know, back then they were choosing black students who were probably had good intentions or potential for going to college. You know, they were top-of-the-line top type class-type students. And um, so we we all thought we were up to snuff because we were the chosen ones with the <laughs> with the good grades. Now it was it was pretty much in, integrated at uh, Upper Bound, you know, blacks and white. But we were all the the poor the poor blacks and poor whites that had come together to um, to get this experience of uh, attending college. So that's basically how I knew about it, because I had no intentions of going to college, even though being um, probably you know going to be the valedictorian of the class, which didn't mean anything back then, because you didn't get money and all this kind of stuff. My 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 big ambition was to graduate from high school, maybe, and get a job downtown working at the bank. I'd be the first black to work at the bank in Camden, because <laughs> <laughs> I had good business skills. <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> That's how I got got to know about Washita. And 
So after going to Overbound, those two years, and then they we would go to school. That, that year after my, I graduated high school, um, we, we were what they call bridge students, and we would get, I think, six hours of college credit, and we could transfer it to anywhere. We probably we all, all took English and math, and we could um, use those grades to go anywhere that we needed to transfer to. Well, a lot of students didn't have any desire to stay at Washtenaw because it was, you know, it was expensive back in the day. Now, if they go now and look at that $36,000 stuff, I think ours was like about eight, or, it was less than $1,000 a year wow. back then. But then along came this uh, Pell Grant program and JTPA and all these programs back in the day where the government stepped in and were basically kind of awarding um awarding uh, money to underprivileged students. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that the Lord blessed us at that time. We got in on it and ended up having to go. And uh, what we had to do, though, was work, what they call the work study. And uh, that money had to go to pay, you know, for part of our being there, which was no problem because we weren't used to having money anyway. So I ended up uh, going through Washita not owing them a penny when I finished. That's great. And uh, so I didn't mind working in the cafeteria. You know, they didn't serve uh, meals. They served lunch on Sundays, mm-hmm. but they didn't serve a dinner. So they'd make sure we had food to eat for over the weekend. And that's during a time when Washtenaw had uh, the farm. They raised their own cows. And we had steaks and shrimp. You know, there's like nothing back in the day. We ate like kings and queens back then <laughs> and um had had access to that so that was that was that turned out to be a good thing but um that's basically how i uh got started with it and and then after finishing well i worked with overbound all through my years to be there as in some form or another i was a student first and then i um became a dorm counselor and dorm mom and then up the ranks to whatever, teaching, teaching, counseling classes. And this is the first summer actually that I have, I will not be on campus teaching due to the COVID. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, but I've worked with them in some form for ever since 1968, I guess you might say. Mm-hmm. And um, so that was my major, the, the major thing that got me into Washita. Did you come into Washtenaw planning to major in education or did you have other? Oh, no, no. I never wanted to be a teacher. Uh-uh. No, just like my other, my kids. Nobody wanted to be a teacher. But we, they, I have three of my daughters out of four that are teachers. Uh, one in college. One's a principal at a high school. Well, she's elementary now in Little Rock. One's teaching in Los Angeles. She's like a special ed, special ed supervisor. Uh, so three of them end up being teachers. And, of course, they all vowed they would never be teachers either. But I went to, um, I got into education. I was going to be a business major because I enjoyed that kind of stuff. I could do that well. And and I enjoyed that. And had thought later on after being there, I thought about um, going to law school. But um, I stayed in school. You know, I, I, was, I was supposed to finish, you know, like early, three and a half years maybe. But I stayed in school extra because I went every summer and then, you know, during the fall and spring. So I had about, I had enough hours to finish, <laughs> but I was hanging around there waiting on my boyfriend who was over in Henderson, waiting on him to get through with school. <laughs> and uh, so I took a lot of education 
took education hours and I did the student teaching, what they call it then. So I had, um, so I had that. And then when I first started teaching, you know, I was a business teacher for probably 17, 18, 19 years. And, um, even when I, I taught in Sparkman for like 17 years. In Sparkman, there was one teacher, so you had to teach everything from t- the typing, the, the um, business, business math. That's not wasn't quite the name for business math uh, and um, all the business subjects. And then later on, as we were there, I had, had to teach um, how to work on a 10-key calcula- calculator. Now, when I was a Washita, the calculator was a big old thing, probably six feet three three or four feet wide a big machine and you had to pull down on the handle with the numbers and all this kind of stuff that was kind of uh uh like adding machine that we had so i had to learn how to do the 10 key and do the whatever then after a few years here comes along a computer thing they call computer and i had to learn how to do that i took some courses in computer science classes then of course my students one of them's father was a math teacher in Sparkman, Mr. Lewis, and then the principal, Mr. Jerry Moore, which he's had some kids come through here. His, he's, he was the uh, superintendent. So their kid, they had computers at home way back in the day. So they kind of actually taught me how, you know, I was a teacher in the class, but they knew how to do it. So I would go in at lunch, you know, and look over their shoulders and learn stuff and all. And they kind of worked with me. And then I took some classes and learned a little bit more. But I had to, I had to teach them. Um, computer class, you know, not knowing what a computer was, but with the help of my students, that's why I'm going to be counting on my students to help me with all this Zooming and all this computer stuff here. They, these kids can just do it. I mean, my, my grandchildren can can just get on there and do stuff. They're kind of just wired that way. But anyway, uh, <laughs> so those those courses, I caught, I caught all of them, the counting, the typing, and the business machines and all that good stuff. When did you transition from teaching into like your counselor role? After 17 years of teaching in, in Sparkman, I was coerced into coming to Arkadelphia. <laughs> and, I, and I taught uh, the keyboarding class here in Arkadelphia like two years. And then um, with the situations coming up, um, they were they were without a counselor. And I didn't apply for it because I didn't want it. I'd rather teach keyboarding all day long and know what I was doing. <laughs> I had my counseling degree because I got my counseling degree two years after I got my, uh, you know, I got my master's two years after I finished school, college. So I had my counseling degree, but I had no intentions of using it. I was kind of like using it on the side, but talking to kids and their lunch and telling them how to get into college and uh, talking to parents. But I didn't want it as a real job. Plus, they didn't have a counseling program at Sparkman at the time, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they they later got they they either got a counseling program, but I just I didn't apply for that either. But when I came to Arkadelphia that that year, um, when they they were needing a counselor, I think five or six people had applied for the job, and they had interviewed and all that stuff. So I was just set, you know, what's going on. But then that summer, it was like in July, late in July. The superintendent called me over to the business office and told me they'd like for me to be the counselor. Oh, no, no, no. I don't be no counselor. Uh-uh, I'm doing just what I want to do. So 
<laughs> well, they told me all the good things and why they thought I should be counseling, kind of this, this, this. And so I left that office saying, no, thinking I'm okay. So then they called me back two weeks later and, and asked me the same thing. Would I do be the counselor? And, you know, at that point, I realized that there was a line in my contract that said, do this as a sign. And I really realized they, they could probably assign me if they wanted to. They, they were just trying to be nice to me and ask me. <laughs> so <laughs> That happens sometimes. I reluctantly agreed to be the counselor. So um, that worked out. Um, and, and I really missed my job teaching keyboarding. I was right next door, counted the way I was. And then after about two years, I realized, well, this ain't so bad. You know, I, I got my own office, own phone, have my own kids and my own time. I don't have to, don't have to grade papers and don't have to do the, all that stuff that comes with a teacher's role. And I'm, I'm, I'm kind of liking this. So I, I learned to like it. I learned to like it. And, uh, but I had thought, I, I don't mind counseling but I won't do it on my own term. I want to catch kids in the hallway or at the grocery store. And I find myself getting a sense of fulfillment in helping students. And now that I've been, you know, you know, I've been at the high school half, half day, half time for the last three years. Since doing that, I have really, really gotten into to, to liking it because I can see some of the things being changed, some of the students being able to graduate on time, and some of the students taking the right classes. And now all you have to do is talk to them or call parents up, you know. So I call the parent up in a minute and say, listen here, you need to get up here, or grandma or somebody, or I see somebody in the store, you need to come see about your child. Because I found that parents are, especially, we have a lot of grandparents, are, and a lot of them are afraid to come to school. They think the school is doing what they're supposed to do, and they don't want to question the school about things like that. But I had to tell them, no, no, sometimes the school kind of gets overwhelmed and they, you know, they have lots of students too. And you have to see about your own child or even in the classroom, every teacher is not going to call you and tell you to get on to your child and make them do this or make them do that mm -hmm. or they're close to failing or whatever. So um, as a result of being a, able to communicate with parents over the last three years and talking with uh, students and parents. I think I've, I've really helped a lot of them to get out of high school. That's great. <laughs> Cause you know, at middle school, you know, they, they pass English, math, they had three out of the four basics, English, math, science, and social studies. Mm -hmm. They pass three of them. They go on to the ninth grade. And I see those, um, a, the straight A students in some cases go from being, um, straight A students to being CDF students mm -hmm. because they get overwhelmed and they just kind of think, oh, well, I can, you know, I can pass this. They don't realize they got to pass each semester and they got to, if not, they have to take it over. So um, it's, it's a real eye opener to the students and then some of the parents also. Right. But um, I've seen change in my last three years, telling students ahead of, students and parents ahead of time instead of waiting until later on in their junior, senior year when it's kind of too late to catch up. Right. Uh, you know, this year has been a lot different with COVID and having kids have to go home. And It has been. Yeah, what's that been like for you as a, as a counselor, administrator? It hasn't been nearly as bad for me as it has been for the teachers. Now, I just, I have real empathy with them because 
they have to do stuff on a you know daily, weekly basis as far as. Now, mine, I've had to communicate with lots of parents concerning the students, um, maybe mental health, working with the um, the special ed students' parents and them to to get them on track. So I've I've had more adult interaction than I have with the actual students, mm-hmm. and I've had a few students that I've had to, you know, that have have had some some issues dealing with the with the COVID because they just it's stressful for them. Mm-hmm. So I was just kind of um, talked on the phone or either through the through email and then made suggestions to parents on what to do to get the uh, students some some help some mental help type thing so but it's 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 been different it's been different not being able to call into the office and you know sit and face face and kind of talk to them and see them through their issues right um, yeah, I know that uh, the district came together to make sure everybody had meals you know prepared for them tell us about how that's worked in Arkadelphia well I think that's worked really well. And I go by and check on them sometimes when they're you know, passing out the meals, you know, they were doing them. Um, they were handing out individual meals and going around to the different apartments. And then they started um, going to the different homes, actually running the buses hmm. and going out to everybody would run their bus route okay. and um, got lot, lots of food out to them. They've gone back now to, and they, they were sending out boxes of food, like enough for, two or three days at a time to the, to the students. And that seemed to work really well. They've gone back now. I was at the high school this morning. They were in there packing boxes of uh, individual sack lunches and breakfasts. And uh, then the bus drivers came and picked them up and they, they have about uh, four spots in town that they're going to, they go to and the kids come out and get their, their meals. And, you know, it's, and it's, you know, anybody, they, they don't ask any question. They may not even live here or might not even be under 18 or school age, but they, they're giving the food to whoever has a need for it. And I think that's great. And um, it's helping some of the students because a lot of, a lot of our students really depend on the meals, even though, um, you know, in the past they have been able to go to the different schools and sit in the cafeteria and eat lunch. So they can't do that now. So they, they, I think it's great. I think they're handing out lots of food. And um, I think the people are really taking advantage of it and doing a good job. So that's a good thing. And I hope, I, I guess most of them are aware now that the government is going to be stepping in and sending some money to the different stu- students who are on free reduced lunch. Okay. So that's going to help them cover I think April and May's uh, expenses. Oh, good. Oh, it's been a good thing. Been a good thing. And hopefully, when uh, when we do when we are back in school, they will appreciate it more. I know the parents will appreciate having them back in school, mm-hmm. <laughs> and the kids, because sometimes the kids kind of in school they would kind of misuse the lunches. Uh, maybe it, maybe not drink the milk, or maybe not eat the apple or whatever. So I think now that you know that they see the value, I hope they'll be um, more willing to appreciate the food. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's a good thing that they're doing that. You know, I didn't know you could sing. We, I've known you for you know a few years now. Here, <laughs> I didn't know you could sing. You know, uh, last week Emily and I were able to go to the uh, people <laughs> protest with you there in Arkadelphia, and you closed out that event. You know, singing "We Shall Overcome" and "We Shall Live." Yeah. 
<laughs> well, beautiful, beautiful. Well, thank you, thank you. And you know, I've been singing since I was two. And my mama said she put me in the choir in church <laughs> because when she, we would be sitting there, I was always up on my seat looking back, see who was coming in. So she figured if she put me up in the front in the choir, <laughs> I wouldn't be <laughs> fidgeting so much. But I've just enjoyed singing um, all my life, actually. I was in um, the choir in high school. And um, at Washtow even, I was in the choir. And I was in, they had a group called the OBU Singers. Yeah. Those were the more elite people. But for some reason, I was in there. Not, I didn't know you had to know how to read music and do all this stuff to be in the, <laughs> in the OBU Singers. So, um, you know, and the different notes and all this kind of stuff. So, but um, they, they accepted me and they taught me how to sing. I was always alto, contralto, or whatever. So I, you know, I mean, they had me singing like I was a second soprano or whatever. <laughs> I learned how to kind of do whatever, and I don't know. And I tell them I, I, and I can read music and I can follow the notes up and down. And um, I would sing with um, different groups in the churches because when we were going um, to school, we would go down to um, First Baptist a lot because we could walk to church down there sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, when I started going to church out here at Great Pleasant Hill, we used to have programs where we mingled with the churches downtown, you know, Third Street, Third Street mainly, and mm-hmm. First Baptist. So we would, even at like, like Thanksgiving and all that stuff, we would go down there and sing with them and they would come to our church the next year and, and, and had good programs. And I'd always go to the um, Christmas, I don't know if it's called a cantata or not, maybe it was Easter cantata, but the Christmas programs at Third Street where they had the big production. Mm-hmm. And I just thoroughly enjoyed it. And, you know, I just kind of kind of like all kinds of music. And I've, uh, I, I like going to concerts and all kinds of stuff like that. So I, I try to sing. You know, I don't <laughs> I tell them I don't I don't know what key I'm in. I don't know if I have a key. I'm just singing. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that microphone went out and you just came up there and owned it and sang so beautifully. It was <laughs> It's wonderful. Appreciate that thought. <laughs> yeah, the the protest, you know, was just such a, a beautiful moment for everybody to come together, and right. we just loved being right. a part of that. Tell me, tell me what your thoughts are, you know, about the current situation in the country as we're, you know, all coming together to seek equality and justice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I and I think it's it's um it's been a long time coming. Um, it's just kind of come to a, to a head, and it's more people are involved, you know, more people of different races and all that. Uh, Cause used to, you know, the marches would be just the black people out there marching, even with uh, Dr. Martin Luther King and his, you know, there were some whites involved in it, but then there were some whites involved in the civil rights movement, you know, like the, the young college people that came down from the North to, to help out in that. And some of them end up getting mm-hmm. killed themselves coming down there to, coming down south to work to to work try to work for for justice but i think with with the people being able to videotape a lot of stuff now and all these cameras and stuff is just so so obvious it just kind of is weighing on the minds of all kinds of people because you know they can see this now and a lot of people have not read in the history books or whatever about the Emmett Tills and about the hmm. the lynchings and all this kind of stuff you know, even our black kids don't know anything about black history. So they, you know, some of this stuff is just new to people. 
and they're realizing there's such injustices that have been going on trying to do what's yeah. right to straighten it out. So I think that's a good thing. And it's so worldwide now. So that's that's a good that's a good thing. And you know, and I and I just hope and pray that they separate the the burning and destructions and all this stuff from the actual peaceful marches. You know, getting their voices heard is one thing, but then doing it to um loot or destroy you know that that's that needs to stop. You know when they did the um, the uh, what was that Rodney King L.A. riot? That was that was like ten or twelve years ago. It took. I mean, L.A. is still not back to where it was in that particular area, and it's been probably over ten years, and people don't realize that you know they're destroying their own neighborhoods, their own the, the livelihoods of other people, and. And no, that's defeating the purpose. So now that they've uh, started having more peaceful marches and and all, and they're, the military is kind of getting out of it, and the policemen are becoming more aware of, you know, that it's just injustice. So I think it's brought it's brought about a good thing, and people, I I can see it getting better, you know, um, all the time. It's it's still going to take some time, but. But it's a start, and we just have to hope and pray. And people need to continue to look within themselves and go back to their own Christianity or whatever. And mm-hmm. that's what it looks like is being happening. And I was just um, even even like um, with our little protest here the other day, I was just amazed and happy to see so many people coming out mm-hmm. of um, uh, different races. Everything was peaceful and orderly and and it was organized and people from the different i don't know churches or schools wherever had the had had it organized and that's kind of, that's never happened in Arkansas before you know I've been dealing with you know they've been having the march on on the Martin Luther King thing for I don't know how many years it goes back but um even the biggest marches back in the day did not include that many people and very few white people, maybe some of the, mm-hmm. some of the city officials, but this one included um, all kinds of people and young people. And that was just a sight to see. I think it covered probably, I can, when I looked down the street, it probably covered probably three, three blocks. Now, Arkadelphia's blocks are not, not real blocks, but it covered from uh, probably from uh, 18th Street down to 15th Street, and the streets were packed, and that's never happened before. So I think it's 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 the beginning of a good thing. Yeah, I'm I'm encouraged by you know they're already taking yeah, taking steps to you know change policing policies and things already in just a few weeks. So I think that voices are being heard, which is excellent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I appreciate appreciate y'all coming out and, and and participating and helping. Yeah, we enjoyed it. We, I mean, it's a whole sea of people that we love, you know, in our community, and and it was just good to to be able to stand by each other. Yeah, yeah. And I told my, uh, you know, I have two children in uh, Los Angeles, and one in Baltimore, and one in Little Rock. And I told, um, I sent them a text message. I said, 
we had a very peaceful march and I told them the same thing about the, the numbers and all this and the different people. And I said, there was not one bottle thrown, not one rock thrown, not one curse word. <laughs> so, uh, cause they're going through all this stuff and they, they're sending me videotapes of, um, with tapes of what's going on there, you know, and they're, they're scared to go out the front door and all this kind of stuff. So, um, I told them how, you know, I was happy to let them know that we, we, we had a peaceful march or rally or whatever, <laughs> whatever they want to call it. And I know that, uh, you know, you were a student in the you know late sixties, early seventies. What was it like? What was your experience like at Washaw as a black student on campus back then? Okay. Well, my experience probably was a little, a little different from maybe some of the other people because I've heard people say things that might have happened to them at Washita that I never heard tell of. Like two years ago, I was with a group of, my, of, of the black students and someone was saying some things that had happened. And then there was there's another group of us that were looking like we never heard that, never knew of that and whatever. So some people still have some bad feelings about whatever happened at uh, Washita. You know, that came along, um, the year I graduated was the year they had the, at the high school, they had the, the little protest out there that would have been um, 72, I guess. And um, I was out of town because I was doing my student teaching down in Camden at that time. And when I came back, you know, the you know, streets all blocked and this and that and the other. And, and somebody had to, you know, somebody had to tell me what was going on. We didn't have cell phones back then. <laughs> and, um, but that, that kind of spilled over into the college. Some of the students who were, who were from Arkadelphia kind of, that kind of spilled over. I think it maybe caused a little, little hurt feelings, but I, I wasn't there. didn't know about that. And they were kind of talking. So that kind of spilled over. But my experience at Washita. I I I have nothing bad to say about it. I mean, and I think it's mainly because I got over there and infused myself into the um the school. Uh, you know, I was in every organization I could get in. I was in the art club that was the president even one year and I could hardly draw my name. <laughs> but uh <laughs> I I liked it. I got in the in the choir and in the in the in the uh the different organizations, like in the business department they had, you know, Every, every department had organizations and in the in the church organizations you know we had to go to um oh what's it when you go to bible when you go to mat we'll go to bible study every every, every day every week I like chapel, chapel. Yeah. yeah so we had to go to chapel and um we had to take those bible classes and i was a pretty good bible student because i you know i knew the bible pretty much i had read parts of it and i could quote certain some scriptures but when i got over there with dr what was that man named Sutley? Dr. Blackman, but those teachers, and we had to have those classes. I mean, I learned more about the Bible, you know, and all this stuff. And um, I learned to memorize more scriptures and stuff, more than the 23rd Psalms and, you know, just the the basic ones. And that has stuck with me even to today. And my pastor will tell you, when he's up there sometimes reading his scripture, and I'm sitting out there in the audience, and I just be completing them for him <laughs> from memory. <laughs> but uh, but I, I had a good experience and I got involved with the organizations, with the, the people, the people from the cafeteria people to 
the business office people and, you know, the, the people in the dorm and, um, you know, and, and everything was, everything was okay. And I tell you one, one thing, um, like with the choir, the OBU singers, we were like the, what's the special group of singers over there called now? The, 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 the good singers. The yeah, special. It's, it's still washed our singers. Is it singers? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, see, washed our singers back then, we used to go to the different churches because they were all white churches. And but, but then what one particular time we had to get on watch our bus and we went way up in northern Arkansas, somewhere way up there in the in the real, real white country. <laughs> and uh we had we had to sing at the church and we had to we had to spend the night. And so uh we stayed in the homes of uh of the church members. And my my roommate and I was just, I mean, we was kind of scared because we were saying I was a girl. If my mama knew I was up here sleeping in these white folks' houses on these white sheets, she'd walk up here and drag me back to camp. <laughs> so, but you know, I didn't, I, I was, I had a little fear, but you know, I did. I stepped out and nothing happened. They were as nice as they could be to us while we were there. And uh, in, in, in instances like that, but I knew, uh, you know, I was from a different um, culture from back home and my mama wouldn't understand, but uh, I learned to just um, get in there. So I um, I think that that was played a big part in why maybe some of the students who were not happy with Washita did not try to get in there, you know, and, and mingle with the people that were there. The professors were all good to us. And if you look through some of those yearbooks over there, you'll see I was involved in, <laughs> in all kinds of stuff. I, love it. I, love it. <laughs> I looked a little different. I had a big afro then probably. <laughs> now, uh, we have a thing we call fast fave fives. We just ask five questions and kind of get your, your Washtenaw experience. Did you have a favorite professor while you were at Washtenaw? Yes, I did. Um, when she had passed, Dr. Lyra Kelly, she was a law teacher. Law, she was a professor in the business department, but she taught law. And I just thoroughly enjoyed that. And uh she was she was favorite at the time, but that was that would probably be my favorite one. And her husband was uh, also a teacher in the business department. And they had a son named T. John Kelly. He's probably still around here somewhere. <laughs> but those were those those were two of my favorite teachers over there in that business department. That's great. You know, you get you get to be around campus because you're you know in Arkadelphia here. But right, is there a favorite place you have on campus? Is there a spot that you love? Uh, I I just love the campus. I drive through there a lot of times, especially when the seasons change, and I get to see the what are those magnolia trees or whatever those blooming trees are, apple apple blossoms. But they, I mean, in at night when they're lit up and all, and they have the pretty plants all over campus. I just enjoy seeing the sights over there on the campus. And um, back in the day, uh, I, my favorite place, our favorite place was to go to the, the student union, which was at the end of the, the street where the chapel is. Mm-hmm. It's a dorm now. It's a boys dorm next to the science building. Right. Uh, that was the student union. And we would go in there, especially on Sundays, you know, mingle and uh, 
mingle out around the tiger. I see they got the tiger caged up now. <laughs> probably because one, one or two has probably climbed up on it. <laughs> I think so. But, uh, <laughs> but that was a favorite place. And then, you know, especially after church on Sundays, we'd kind of hang out over on the campus. The boys would come over there and, you know, because they couldn't go past, even in the dorms, you know, they might could sit in the lobby, but we didn't have all this mingling back there on the girls' hall with the boys and all this, this co-ed type stuff. But um, we would we would mingle and enjoy the um, student union. Um, I remember one time, I guess it might have been on Saturday whenever, when Cliff Harris was pay- playing. I think it was a, maybe a, one of those championship games or whatever it was. But um, we just all met up over there and listened to the radio, listened to the game. And that's why we, we, we love Cliff Harris. <laughs> and um, that's why we are all Cowboy fans now because of Cliff Harris back in the day. Was there a, a favorite event or an activity? I know you were in singers and stuff, but was there oh, a favorite yeah. activity that you had when you were here? Well, when I was there, the favorite activities were going, walking from up on campus down that hill to go to the football games. It was no no problem then. I, it wouldn't be a favorite now to walk down there, but <laughs> we enjoyed walking down the hill to the game, to the football games. And um, I also enjoyed the the different productions they would have up on campus uh, in Versa and um, the music type things. And now my, my favorite thing is Tiger Tunes. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I try to make most of the Tiger Tunes. I enjoy go, uh, seeing that. I guess that would be the favorite for now. But back then, it was going down the hill. Oh, let me tell you about my least favorite place. Okay. You probably don't know anything about. Over there where the bridge is. Uh-huh. Where you go across the ravine now down there the bridge used to not be there but there was some green buildings down there and that's where the business department was and then that's where the gym was and they had a, a swimming pool in that gym and we had to take uh, uh we had to take um i guess it was pe class or whatever but we had to take swimming lessons over there and that was my least favorite because we We'd have to go take swimming lessons. We'd have those caps on, get out of the water. It didn't keep our hair from getting wet. <laughs> and you know, we and we didn't we couldn't wash our hair and sling it back like the white girls could. Wow. We'd get out of there with afros or whatever and just I mean it took us forever to do our redo our hair for the next day. <laughs> so that was my least favorite place to go. But we endured it. <laughs> I love that. Is there a <laughs> Did you have a favorite Washtenaw memory? Is there something that happened on campus or something that is really one of your favorite memories? Now, it's it's not a it's not a favorite, but it's a memory that always sticks in my mind. Is when they had um, the little girl Rachel Full Full, uh, the one that was killed in the plane accident. Mm-hmm. They had that service over there. Yeah, and. Um, it was it was just it was just lovely, and then they had mementos. She was a keychain collector, I believe, so she had all those for her classmates. And see, my daughter, my youngest daughter, was in her class, and they were in the band together. Hmm. So um, she she still keeps that that keychain to today. 
So that was a good memory, how they celebrate things like that. That made the big thing. Also, they had, you remember of an A.W. Terry, they had his funeral over there. Mm-hmm. And that was, and I thought that was nice of them to allow that because I never heard of funerals being held in a, you know, on a college campus. Mm-hmm. And I thought about that when I was looking at um this um, funeral they had for for this George, uh, what is his name, George Floyd, in mm-hmm. that he it was on a college campus. Yeah, the other one that they had. So um, things I thought about that then. I said, well, things things are changing, but the more they change, the more they remain the same. But um, I have so many good memories of Watchtower, but you know, I just I just enjoyed my years there. Now, you know, you get to live in town here and be a part of the, the school district. Is there something that's your favorite thing about the Washtenaw of today? You know, you get to see things, you know, around yeah. campus all the time. Is there something that makes you proud to be an alum, you know, now that you're Yeah, in- yeah. And like I say, I'm over there all the time and, and, and I'm still involved in the college. Uh, you know, I'm on the whatever that's called, alumni board now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I just, um, I like the... By being in town here, I, I I'm just I just like to see how it has grown, and it's always been a beautiful campus, and it's even more beautiful now. And whenever I have friends that come here to visit or pass through, or my daughter's friends, and sometimes she brings here from California. We were we were over there last summer. She, she had some friends that were were visiting, so we got in the truck, drove. That was the first place I said, "Let me show you the." the good, the beautiful sights in Arkadelphia. So we drove through there <laughs> all through the campus. And, you know, they were just amazed at looking at things like that. Cause you know, people from the city don't know. We don't know. We have pretty stuff here. Yeah. And then of course we went out to the gray and, you know, and around, but um, I just enjoy knowing how, um, seeing how, how they keep up the campus. And when they, um, when they, when I was over there, there was this, man named Sonny Jackson that was like a grounds person and they had named that street after him down there going down to toward the football field by the Central Park mm-hmm. but um he um and it, how yeah I like how it's all covered with flowers you know certain times of the season so that's um and then the people like I said the people that are run into from time to time who are still there at Washita, who have been at Washita, uh people that I meet at school or, you know, kids who say they're gonna go to Washita, you know, they're always my favorite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I've learned that there are several, I mean some people um that have, are working in Arkadelphia. A lot of people, you know, that's working in Arkadelphia or are working went to Washita. Mm-hmm. And some maybe not way back in the day like me and Phyllis, but uh, <laughs> I just um, it's it's like being at home. And I've been lots of places. I've been overseas. I've been several islands. I've been several cities. I've been to Paris, Spain, Hawaii, and all kind of places. And there's still no place I would rather live than right here in Arkadelphia. And it's because of some of the good experiences I've had and some of the, you know, just the, the down-home sites. And this is home to me. <laughs> yeah, we feel the same way. Traveled all over, but yeah, love love Arkadelphia and this campus uh-huh. is just, just beautiful. 
Is there anything else you would want to say to alumni or friends that are listening? Well, I'd like to say that that I appreciate the fact that we are all still family and we had a good, we had a, we, and we still have a good school and good people. And I've, 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 I've learned to love several presidents and several people, you know, at Washita and my experiences with the people that are still coming in contact with from Washita. Um, I still have positive contacts and connections. And so it's just, it's, they say it's great to be a badge. I say it's great to be a tiger. <laughs> <laughs> it's great to be both. I think be a tiger. Yeah. I love that. Well, Hey, thanks so much for taking, you know, so much time today to visit and, you know, we're just so proud of the difference you're making with the the students in Arkadelphia and the way that you've you know lived out your faith and your life here in town. So um, we love you. We're proud of you and we're thankful for the difference you're making. Well, thank you. I, I, I love, I love it here. I love people here and I plan to stay here for a while long. If this, if this, <laughs> if this, uh, computer tech generation doesn't run me on out of here, but with the help of good friends like Phyllis <laughs> and other people, um, my former students from Watchtower, I think I might be able to get technologically savvy. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> well, great to visit oh. again. Thanks again. Well, thanks for having me and I appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Tiger for Life podcast. Be sure to rate and subscribe so you won't miss out on future episodes.